Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. For today's story, we're going to go back in time to ancient Greece for the story of Icarus, as told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. It all started when Nanny Piggins attempted to make Bomb Alaska for dinner. If you don't already know, Bomb Alaska is a delicious dessert involving ice cream and sponge cake that is covered in meringue and quickly baked in an oven at a very high temperature to caramelise the meringue but not melt the ice cream. Unfortunately, what Nanny Piggins did not realise was that Bomb Alaska does not in any way involve a bomb. Not the sort of bomb that involves explosives anyway. So five minutes after putting her Bomb Alaska in the oven... The oven exploded, shot through the roof of the house, and the kitchen caught on fire. Now, this was nowhere near as bad as it sounds because Nanny Piggins was very dear friends with the chief at the fire station. So the fire truck rushed straight over to put out the fire and there was minimal damage to the house, except for the hole in the roof. But Nanny Piggins just put a rug over that and hoped Mr Green wouldn't notice. He still hadn't noticed the hole Boris had put in the roof when he was demonstrating a dance from Fiddler on the Roof, much to the delight of the neighbours, and that had been three years ago. The tragic part of the incident was that there was now no dinner. Nanny Piggins was not entirely sure where the oven had ended up. It had actually landed in the duck pond of a park 60 kilometres away, but she had no way of knowing that. And since the bomb Alaska was still in the oven, they had no dinner. Come along, children, said Nanny Piggins, fetching Mr Green's credit card from under the insole of her shoe. We're going out to dinner. I know we had our hearts set on a flaming hot meringue-covered ice cream with sponge, but perhaps we can go to a restaurant that serves meringue, ice cream and cake with candles on the table and we could assemble one ourselves. Samantha, Michael and Boris hurried to get ready, but Derek did not move. What's wrong? asked Nanny Piggins. Are you still upset about the bomb Alaska? I am too, let me tell you. But the best way to deal with dessert-related grief is by eating another almost as delicious dessert. It's what the bomb Alaska would have wanted. It's not that, said Derek. It's just, I don't think I can go out to dinner with you. I've got homework. Home? What? What? asked Nanny Piggins. Homework. It's like schoolwork, except you have to do it at home, explained Derek. What? said Nanny Piggins. It's bad enough they force you to do schoolwork at school. How dare they force you to do even more at home as well? It's actually quite common, said Samantha. All kids have to do it, agreed Michael. You've never had homework before, said Nanny Piggins. Well, actually, said Samantha, we do most days, but we know you feel strongly about the dangers of child strain brain-related injuries, so we always do our homework on the bus ride home. That way we can have more time for adventures with you, said Michael. 
That's very wise, said Nanny Piggins, but it saddens me to think of all the adventures you've been missing out on on the bus ride. To think you've been doing your homework when you could have been making rude faces at passing motorists. I would have done mine on the bus too, said Derek, but I left the book we're studying at school, so I don't know what to do. What was the homework? asked Nanny Piggins. I had to write a report on a story from ancient Greek mythology, said Derek. Which story? asked Nanny Piggins. The story of Icarus, said Derek. Well, that's easy, said Nanny Piggins. I know all about that one. I can tell you the story. You can? asked Derek. He hadn't taken Nanny Piggins for being a scholar of ancient Greek folklore. Oh, yes, of course, said Nanny Piggins. I know all about Icarus because one of my relatives was there. Really? said Derek. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. My great, 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 times 48 great aunt, Daedalus Piggins, was Icarus's mother. Icarus's mother was a pig, said Derek. Of course, said Nanny Piggins. They were both pigs. Okay, we didn't learn about that bit at school, said Derek. Typical, said Nanny Piggins. Pigs are always being erased from the history books. It's because we're too busy being impossibly brave and glamorous to write the books ourselves. I'm so confused, said Boris. I don't know who you're talking about. Never mind, dear, said Nanny Piggins kindly to her brother. I'll tell you the whole story from the beginning. So, Icarus is the famous one from the story. But really, Icarus was just a silly boy. I thought you said he was a pig, said Michael. Yes, a boy pig, said Nanny Piggins. Do stop interrupting. It was his mother Daedalus who was the impressive one, continued Nanny Piggins. Okay, said Derek, but in the book I was reading, Daedalus wasn't just a human, he was also a man. Pah, said Nanny Piggins. That'd be right. It was probably a typo. They didn't have spell check back then, you know. It was all pigment on papyrus. So easy to smudge and get a word wrong. Anyway, Daedalus was a great inventor. She invented a sewage system for the entire city of Athens, said Nanny Piggins. Wow, said Michael. And she made it entirely out of rock candy, said Nanny Piggins. What? said Derek. Why? asked Samantha. She was a piggin, said Nanny Piggins. Her genius was for dessert-based inventions. She made a bridge across the river Styx out of sugar cubes, a catapult to attack Sparta out of licorice straps, and she made the Parthenon entirely out of peppermint sticks. But the Parthenon is still standing, and it isn't made out of peppermint sticks, said Derek. It's made out of marble. The current one is, agreed Nanny Piggins, but only because the original one, made by my aunt, was so delicious, everybody ate it. That's why the replacement was made out of marble. Much harder to chew. Anyway, she was beloved and admired by all the people of Greece. But that became a problem when the king of Crete found out about her brilliance for dessert-based engineering. The next thing you know, a messenger arrived on her doorstep asking her to pay the king a visit. Now, when kings ask you to pay a visit, it isn't like a normal person asking, would you pass the salt? No, when a king asks, he sends a great big burly messenger with a super sharp sword and a grumpy face, the type of person you would not feel comfortable saying no to. But wasn't it an honour to get to meet the king, asked Samantha? Pish, said Nanny Piggins, an honour for the king, maybe. It's never a good thing to have to go and see a king. Kings never ask you over to shoot the breeze or to have a nice slice of cake. No, they always want something, often something bizarre, and sometimes something painful, and this was no exception. 
Daedalus, said the king, I want you to build for me a prison. Okay, said Daedalus. This didn't sound too bad. But not just a regular prison, said the king. Ugh, said Daedalus. I knew there'd be a catch. I want you to build me a labyrinth, said the king. An ingeniously complicated prison that is impossible to escape. Are you sure that's what you want, said Daedalus? Wouldn't it be easier for me to build you a regular prison, you know, a room with a door, than just put a really good strong lock on it? No, snapped the king. Royalty never like it when someone points out quite accurately that their idea is stupid. I require a labyrinth, an intricate maze so complicated it will bamboozle the mind. Why? asked Daedalus. She knew the king might kill her for asking, but his idea was so stupid, and she did have a curious mind, so she was interested to hear his explanation. I need to imprison a minotaur, announced the king. He had a habit of saying things in the most dramatic way possible. What's a minotaur? asked Michael. It's a monster that's half man, half bull, said Nanny Piggins. Huh? said Michael. You've got to remember that this wasn't just the olden story days, said Nanny Piggins. This was the ancient olden story days. And there were some very weird things back then. The king had a minotaur. He didn't like it. And he wanted to imprison it in a complicated prison. But wouldn't the animal rights activists at the RSPCA have something to say about that? asked Boris. Normally they would, agreed Nanny Piggins, but the Minotaur was only half animal. It was also half human, and the RSPCA didn't care about that half, so they couldn't do anything for him. Daedalus knew there was no way of getting out of it, so she set to work. She got her son Icarus, a very silly teenage boy, to come and help her with the construction work. Carrying the bricks around, that sort of thing. Nothing too difficult. Icarus wasn't up to it. He was more interested in playing computer games. But surely in ancient Greece there were no computer games, said Derek. It was two and a half thousand years ago. Exactly, said Nanny Piggins, which is why Icarus was at such a loose end. Imagine only being interested in something that didn't exist yet. If his mother had not sent him to work, he would have just lounged around the house doing teenage boy things like wearing ill-fitting trousers and a ridiculous haircut. So it was for the best, really. Even though Daedalus had no interest in building prisons, she was brilliant, so she built the most amazing prison ever. And she made it entirely out of marzipan. Marzipan? asked Derek. Yes, it was genius, said Nanny Piggins, because there is no harder substance on earth than out-of-date marzipan that has been left in the sun for too long. And Crete is a very sunny island, so the walls of the labyrinth were unbreakable. There was no way a bull slash man could escape no matter how bad a temper tantrum he was having. So the king was happy, asked Samantha. No, said Nanny Piggins. Kings always have tremendously short fuses. Deedless was finished, so she was packing up all her inventing equipment when the king's daughter came by and asked if she could borrow a ball of string. Deedless was an inventor, so of course she had dozens of balls of string, very handy things for tying baking paper around cakes and important things of that nature. So she handed one over and kept packing. But what Deedless didn't realise was that this girl was up to mischief. It turns out the king had put her boyfriend in the labyrinth. With the Minotaur, asked Michael. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. Like most fathers, the king did not approve of his daughter's boyfriend. But unlike most fathers, he just happened to have a brilliantly complicated prison and a Minotaur with which to imprison the boyfriend. Anyway, long story short, the daughter used the string to lead her boyfriend out, said Nanny Piggins. 
And the king got cross, guessed Samantha. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. He was one of those kings who seemed to spend a great deal of time being cross. He threw Daedalus and her silly son Icarus into the labyrinth and locked them in. Daedalus was really annoyed. She never would have invented such a brilliant prison if she knew she was going to get locked in it herself. But now she was. So she had to think of an even more brilliant method of escape. Luckily, she was a genius, so she came up with a plan. She collected feathers and built two pairs of wings for herself and Icarus so they'd be able to fly out of the labyrinth like birds. It took forever because while you do see a feather lying on the ground from time to time, you don't often see a whole truckload of them lying about. And while pigeons and seagulls did come and land on the windows of the labyrinth occasionally, it was very hard to persuade them to part with their feathers. So the wings took an age to construct, and the whole time Icarus didn't have anything to do because computer games hadn't been invented and he was locked in prison. So he just spent the long months licking the marzipan walls. Finally, the wings were finished, but there were no hot glue guns or super glue or even gaffer tape back in the old and ancient story days. So the feathers were held to the wings only with wax. And wax isn't really a terribly effective adhesive. Daedalus really wanted to use caramel or a nice sticky fudge, but all she had was the wax from the candles in the labyrinth. Still, Daedalus figured they only had to fly from Crete to mainland Greece, which was 150 kilometres. The wax should hold for that long. What could go wrong? She gave Icarus very simple instructions. Icarus, listen to me, said Daedalus. I've made you some wings. Cool, said Icarus. Yes, said Daedalus. Although to be strictly accurate, they're more room temperature. But I understand that you mean cool as a superlative, not as a measurement of thermal dynamics. Huh? said Icarus, who rarely understood what his mother was saying, especially not when she used big words. Listen to me, said Daedalus. We're going to use these wings to fly to freedom. But there are two rules you must remember. One, don't fly too high or you will get too close to the sun and it will melt the wax and all the feathers will drop off. Two, Don't fly too low or you will get too close to the sea and your wings will get wet and the feathers will be too heavy to fly. Oh, okay, said Icarus. What did I just say? asked Daedalus, who was used to her son and had a shrewd sense of whether he was listening or not. Um, said Icarus. Fly high so I get a good suntan, then fly low so I can cool off in the sea. Daedalus took several deep, calming breaths so she would not lose her temper, then tried again. No, I said, don't fly too high and don't fly too low, said Daedalus. Got it, said Icarus. Fly up and down, up and down. No, said Daedalus, you have to fly in a straight, even line, not too high and not too low. Icarus just looked at her blankly. Daedalus gave up. Just follow me, said Daedalus. If you just follow me exactly, you're going to be okay. Got it, said Icarus. So Daedalus and Icarus put on their wings, climbed up on the window and leapt out, which, by the way, is incredibly dangerous. Do not try this at home. Daedalus was a genius and quite possibly fictitious. So unless you are an ancient Greek fictitious genius, do not try this at home. Even if you are, do not try this at home. Just live in the labyrinth. It can't be that bad. If you stay down there long enough, some girl with a ball of string is bound to fall in love with you eventually. 
So anyway, Daedalus started flying and she couldn't believe how well the wings worked. She knew she was a genius, but she never invented anything so amazing before. This was even better than the rock candy sewage system. It was really good fun flying. It was a clear day and she could see the mainland up ahead. She just had to maintain her steady course and they would get there. So Daedalus looked around to check how Icarus was doing. What was he doing? asked Derek, sensing there was about to be a turn in the story. He was soaring all over the place like an acrobatics pilot who'd had too many coffees for breakfast. He soared high, he soared low, he did loop-de-loops. Now, to be fair, Icarus had just spent months first building a jail and then being imprisoned in a jail, so he had been unimaginably bored for a long time. To suddenly have his mum telling him to jump out of a window because she'd invented working wings was mind-blowing. It was the most fun ever. He was having a fantastic time. He was just dive-bombing down towards the sea when he heard his mother yell out, "'Oi, Icarus, don't fly so low!' Now, Icarus, despite all his many faults, he dearly loved and respected his mother, said Nanny Piggins. On hearing these words, he immediately did as he was told. He flapped hard, pointed towards the sky and rocketed up, closer and closer to the sun. No, cried Daedalus, but her cry was lost on the wind. Icarus was having such a fantastic time, said Nanny Piggins. He didn't notice that the wax was melting and that his feathers were dropping away, not until he started to plummet downwards. Only then did he realise that his wings were nothing more than a collection of bamboo chopsticks that his mother had collected from all the Uber Eats they'd had in prison. Oh dear, said Icarus, which was the last thing he said before crashing into the ocean. This is a horrible story, wailed Boris. Yes, agreed Nanny Piggins, because it's from ancient Greece, which was so long ago before the happy ending had been invented yet. So Icarus died, asked Michael. Yes, confirmed Nanny Piggins, but don't be too sad. He was fictional, and this did all not happen over two and a half thousand years ago. It's still sad, said Samantha. Yes, agreed Nanny Piggins. You see, this is how the ancient Greeks taught their children. They would tell them stories about crazy inventions and ridiculously foolish boys, then say this was a lesson. To not fly too close to the sun, asked Samantha. To listen to your mother, asked Michael. I suppose, said Nanny Piggins, although I think the main lesson is that wax is not an effective adhesive. One tube of superglue and this whole story would have had a very different ending. The end. Did you get all that down, Nanny Piggins asked Derek, who'd been taking notes. Yes, said Derek. Are you sure it's accurate, though? Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. Much more accurate than any version you'll read that was written by a human. Come along, let's go to dinner. The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast just by a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. And now there's the audiobooks of The Adventures of Nanny Piggins and Friday Barnes Girl Detective as well. You can order any of these things through your local bookstore or you can go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time. Goodbye.